So wait, you're are you proposing using your academics for this shot to to <laughs> precisely calculate the exact spot to hit? I think that uh, that would make it an extremely high uh, target, but uh, target number. But on the other hand, I'm, I'm thinking maybe the, this academics might give me uh, my. Uh, it's rare that we use modifiers uh, on directly on on the on the target like that, but drop it by one maybe. Oh. here's here's what I'm gonna do. Here is here is the the proposal I'm going to uh, offer. I like the the sound of resignation <laughs> in your voice with that a little bit, Ed. Because uh, I love making <sighs> things work, even if they are ridiculous ideas. Me too. Uh, and this is definitely... But I'm uh, still going to do it. Yeah. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm just trying to weasel out a, a little advantage here, a little edge. I think the trade-off I'm going to offer is that you can use your academics to fire on Andy. Uh, and he is only going to be able to defend himself with notice, which is terrible. Mm. But, but, because it will take you so long to line up this shot, one of these cultists is going to get an, a, like a, a free attack on you right afterwards. Okay, that sounds fair. Okay. And painful, too. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, so, you... <laughs> Make make your beautiful nerve ganglion shot, and let's see if he can see this coming. Pro okay. tip: he cannot because he just rolled three not three minuses. Okay, so this is going to be the time where I roll four minuses, right? Because that's how that that goes. Uh, no, I roll another uh, two blanks, one minus, one plus. So my academics is four. That's uh. All right. Yeah. His his total is uh negative. Two. Okay, and it's that subtle. I said a, sh- a sort of shotgun, so you know it. It probably hits a, a lot of ganglia. <laughs> it hits plenty of ganglia. So that is what six, six points of stress. I'm just gonna go ahead and give him the severe consequence. I'm going to call it "ow my ganglia." <laughs> <laughs> And, like, I feel, how, do, how does this work? Like, this blows up a non-trivial chunk of head uh, of poor Andy. Uh, har- harpoon in chest. Can be, be slowed down a little bit? A, a non-trivial yes. chunk yes. of head. And what, like, what becomes very <laughs> obvious in this attack is that what comes out is not blood, as you uh, as you know it. It is not red it is a viscous blue bluish greenish stuff uh and despite the fact that he is a big chunk missing out of him and he is dripping blue stuff he is not down he just looks angrier well i'm not actually surprised because we've seen them in the future but i think that uh, that means that for initiative now would be a good time for the cultist to go and take that uh, that opening yeah, so uh, one of these one of these cultists sees spies you uh, lining up this shot, uh, and just comes over and does uh, its absolute level best to uh, crunch you down, uh, and it is rolling a five. So do I get to defend fight. on this? Uh, I would say for for this like 
uh, uh, you would get just a, a straight roll of the dice, no skill added. No skill added. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we know what that does. Um, da, 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 da. <laughs> Clear the dice. Yes, yes, yes. Um, four dice. Oh, yeah! I got two blanks and two pluses. So, what? I only nice. think, did, uh, did you say a total of six? Uh, I said a total of five, but I five. have a couple of fate points at my disposal. I oh, actually you have not been using one, them. So I'm gonna be a real a real jerk because uh, uh, these these deep ones have uh, have an aspect which I'm calling everything for Dagon. Okay, that's uh, fair. And I'm going to invoke that to take it up to a a seven. A seven. Okay. Um, uh, I am going to use a fate point then to uh, to add to. I, I think I can still do this at this point. Sure. And use my bathed in starlight aspect to say that I actually uh, my 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 glow actually threw a little shadow uh, just enough that uh, I could see it coming at the last moment, even though my notice wasn't uh, in play. And take it back down a notch. All right. I will buy that. And so that would bring it back to a five. I am going to take a uh, two-point consequence. And what, what what weapon was he using again? Oh, that would be he is biting you. He is 100% oh, okay. coming teeth first into action. Okay. Nasty bite. I'm going to need some Neosporin on this. <laughs> Three stress. All right. Who do we want to go next? How about, since that was the cultists taking their turn, how about Ashley? Okay. The doctor set up guns all around. So I want to grab one of the, uh, grab like a shotgun that she's hidden, like a small one. And I hear gunfire coming from the helm. So I want to, take that and rush up into the helm and whoever's the first bad guy in the door pull the trigger. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think since since we know that there are hidden weapons, you don't have to roll to find them. Presumably Noel told you where some were, so you grab one. Oh yeah. Uh and you rush onto the helm, uh the skipper who's just been shot uh is still holding onto the wheel on one side a uh Burly helmsman is trying to pull him away. On the other is like ninety-five percent of Andy Larson <laughs> with harpoon accent. Let's go, Frank. <laughs> all right, let's. Uh, I guess shoot Andy. By all means, fate in this kind of situation. That means you, the attacker, you can either invoke an aspect to turn this into pain, or you get a boost. A boost being a very temporary. One use only uh, aspect. All right. That it would be free to invoke for you or an ally on a future turn. That's a two total. Okay. I think I will invoke and add a plus two. So I will invoke that the skipper is being reckless and may cause an incident, and I have to stop that incident. Okay. I love this. So uh, that takes your roll up by two. That means that. Poor, 
poor Andy has to take two stress, and he has seen a lot of damage already, so he is, in fact, taking a mild consequence. Where are you aiming, by the way? <laughs> uh, she's not very tall, so kind of up, I guess, chest, head, whatever. This, gener- this general yeah, region? The, the chest, the <laughs> chesticle area. <laughs> okay, uh... Not so much here <laughs> or here, but, like, mm-hmm. in this area here. Because she doesn't want to shoot straight. She doesn't want to shoot straight because she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to hit anybody else. So she's kind of aiming up. Okay, so he's taking a, a mild consequence, which I'm calling. Ow, my harpoon wound. Here. <laughs> uh, you get him right, right next to the harpoon. Uh, he is still upright, but he is now looking a lot uh, shakier than he was before. I think the only person who has not acted yet this round is Ollie. I I think so. I think so. So, just to be clear on like kind of where we are, where like positioning, right? Was Ashley fighting uh, this? Uh, uh, like I said, three quarter, uh, you know, seven eighths of Andy <laughs> near the front of the boat or near the back of the boat? Uh, nearer the front of the boat, the the helm of the boat, you know, the steering wheel. Okay. All right, so... Uh, so we all know how boats work. Right, we all know how boats work. Um, <laughs> all I can think of is the office. That's a fake wheel, dummy. <laughs> That's all I can think of. Uh, anyway, Ollie will... Uh, seeing Ashley, like, fire at this person-ish thing, and understanding that these people around him are probably going to be in danger, Ollie will try and do the heroic thing and uh, and get this thing off the boat. So Ollie's going to approach uh, Andy, try and grab the harpoon that's sticking in him, and use it to literally like lift him and throw him off the boat. Nice. Wowzers. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I guess physique, if you're physically lifting and tossing this guy? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's good. I like I like physique. Okay. Uh, I guess he... How How is he even going to defend himself? Uh, my vote is for poorly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I guess, I guess it would be physique versus physique. Can he hold on to his footing in this complex scenario? Okay. While we were playing, my phone died. So uh, I am going to grab some six-siders real quick, <laughs> and we're going to actually roll these like a real person at a real table. Okay. Hey, look, there's four. That's exactly the number I need. Analog. And look, they're green uh, uh, dice from a catacon. <laughs> oh, those are going to roll good. Uh, I've had some pretty good luck with these. They're not weighted or, uh, or you know, or compromised at all. Hooray. <laughs> all right. So, now, if somebody uses regular sixes, what do you normally recommend for the pluses and minuses? One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. Let's see how this works. Ho ho! Minus minus. That's two minuses, a blank, and uh, yeah. So uh, negative two. Plus your physique, uh, which comes out to a one. Okay. I'm going to spend a fate point. I think I have one left. Please do. What are you invoking? Uh, you know what? I think this is 
this is in his mind. The director is playing this out like a parkour sequence for him. Like he's got to hop over a crate and slide under some slide between someone else's legs and pop up in front of this guy. So I'm going to uh, add my athletics uh, and doing it that way as, as a kind of a choreographed fight routine would give me a plus four. Oh, so now we're. Now we're talking about something that kind of surprisingly hasn't come up before, which is the corruption stunt. Yeah, I think I'm going to try a corruption stunt. Yeah, so both Ollie and Noel have a corruption stunt, which is a super powerful, semi-magical ability uh, that, to use, they have to take one point of corruption, which you can only take four points of before you get a new corrupted aspect, which you can only do five times before you stop being a human altogether. All right. But boy, it can be very powerful when you uh when you want it to happen. So, by doing this, I I'm shifting from using the physique side to the athletic side, which would give me a 6, which would take my roll uh and then make it a 4. Okay. So, in instead of just going up in... my it doesn't change my roll. Uh in fact, I'm a, I'm still going to burn the fate point. We're going to make it a 6 total. Dang. Why not? This is this seems pretty important, right? And and the director uh, is clearly telling Ollie what to do in his ear. You know, the director has clearly got this action scene all planned out. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the the director is narrating it with like almost almost glee uh, as uh, as he informs you. And then you're going to make. And then Ollie makes a half turn to the left. Waits. Half a beat. Ollie pauses and looks to where uh, he would think a camera would be and grins. <laughs> <laughs> like, at no one. Ollie grins at no one. But in his mind, he's looking into the camera lens. Like a little fourth wall break real quick before he... And the director whispers in your ear, And that goes into the preview. <laughs> that one's making the trailer. <laughs> and, <laughs> and as Ollie grabs the harpoon, he's like... Look, get off my boat. And you heft uh, poor Andy out of the scene. He uh, he lands, he splashes in the water, uh, and then from your position on the helm, you can kind of clearly see as he gets caught up in this ever-increasing vortex of, uh, of, uh, of swirling water and yanked into the center. What are the chances that Ollie was able to keep a hold on the harpoon? You can keep a hold of the harpoon. All right. Yeah, so, you're not going to throw away your friend's harpoon. As it, as it cuts back to Ollie, in his mind, you know, he's got the harpoon here in his hand, and he turns to he turns to look at, again, kind of nobody, the group of people here, uh, the group of uh, crew that was with him at the front of the boat. Remind me to give this back to Jeff. <laughs> he's right there. Jeff! I think this belongs to you. I just look so disheartened. <laughs> like, like I'm glad, but at the same time, like, I just weakly say, if it wasn't for my harpoon, you wouldn't have been able to do that. Teamwork, Jeff. It's all about teamwork. Teamwork <laughs> makes a dream work, right? I'm just going to sit down now. I've been shot. I think at this point, the leader of this crew... The uh, uh, the leader of the bad guys has been thrown off the boat, and you can kind of hear him screaming still, going steadily quieter. It sounds as if he is 
falling a very long distance. And I'm going to, I think, concede this conflict. Uh, and concession in fate is uh, something you can do to not make a conflict drag on until one side is entirely dead. Uh, you can say, hey, I don't think I'm going to get out of this, so let's figure out what is a uh, way to end this fight where, on, on reasonably good terms for everyone. So what do you four want to happen? Well, at this point, uh, we have the, the whirlpool, the maelstrom uh, coming for us. Uh, so if we could have gained a little bit and maybe, uh, I don't know if, uh, if uh, one victim would be noticeable to it. It might pause to uh, gobble up its devotee. Uh, yeah, the, this maelstrom is not going, to, uh, not going to notice poor Andy disappearing into it. What happened to the conch shell? At the moment, the uh, the cultists are still holding on to it, but they are kind of uh, panicking. Well, that might be the concession, is that they give us the conch shell and we don't make them jump overboard. Mm-hmm. I support that. Okay. You are able to... That That is a good concession. I love it. In exchange for these creatures surviving, perhaps... Um, it, it doesn't have to be like a, a an in-character concession. This is metagame. Is what if they escape? They jump. They let go of the conch shell. They flee from the boat. You are able to hold on to this shell with the ritual inscribed onto it. And they get away to fight another day. Perfect. Sure. Excellent. And if that is agreeable to everyone, that happens i feel like the helmsman that is going to be the one to step in with andy gone uh and he sort of shoves ollie uh out of the way uh as he flees to the back of the boat and yanks a couple of the uh other cultists off of the off of the back uh dropping the shell as they go as soon as the shell gets dropped that whirlpool begins to slow down in its expansion, and as they splash into the water and start swimming away, they um, they kind of disappear uh, below, and they do not get back up again, because it turns out these are the kind of folk who don't have a problem holding their breath mm. for as long as they need Interesting, to. Interesting, that. <laughs> and now you are alone on this yacht. Well, not alone. There are a few, like... Fully human crewmen who are very confused about what just happened, but they're dazed and uh, uh, easily led right now. As far as they're concerned, they saved they saved us from pirates. Uh, uh, I like to imagine that uh, Chuck passed out in the in the ruckus. <laughs> uh, I feel like Chuck. Part of me wants to think, oh, Chuck passed out uh, as soon as like Ashley sat down on his lap and put a finger on his lips. <laughs> That was the end for Chuck. That was... But what a way to go. Chuck has a heart condition. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, Ash, Ashley looks at Ollie, please take care of the crew. And then she goes over to Skipper, who you said is sitting down, just kind of, I'm shot. Yeah. She puts a hand on your shoulder. We need you. You have to drive us back. You did good. Now get up, grab a hold of the wheel, and get us home. All right. I will stand shakily 
put actually on like an air of, uh, you know, machismo, like it, it's not that bad. You know, I mean, I've had worse. I have not had worse. Um, <laughs> and I will get the, the boat back going forward and continue to turn and head back uh, into port. And then Ash is going to head and pick up the conch shell and look at the inscriptions that are on it and try to decipher what it says. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to, well, go ahead and, and, and roll lore for me. Am I in a spot where I can use my phone? <laughs> you know what it is? It's a bookshelf. <laughs> nice. Um, nice, Sophie. You know what? If you reconnect the sat phone, you can... Uh, Fair enough. Because you have, you have a stunt that allows you to uh, take advantage of your connections. Correct. Uh, I can use my context in place of lore to overcome any obstacles related to text and artifacts of the eldritch nature. Excellent. So I would like to do that. So you're literally phoning a friend. <laughs> yep. Gotcha. <laughs> and uh, the whirlpool has completely dispersed by now, or is it just fluctuating? It is slowly... It, it, is, it is shrinking slower than it, um, than it grew. So it's not completely dispersed yet, but it's on its way there. Total of th three on my roll. Three. Uh, okay. I th did I say aloud what I wanted you to beat? No. I don't think you did. Okay, <laughs> then. I swear it was going to be four. <laughs> Do you have any fate points? Uh, I have one left. I feel like now is a good time to use it. All right. So I'll just add the plus two. That is a five. So yeah, you are able to using this sat phone call up uh, call up some folks you know who happen to know a little bit more than you about um, especially fishy occult business. You call up I don't know Diane. Diane's your fish lady, uh, and <laughs> you sure it's not Gordon? Oh no! Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Gordon. Oh yes. boy. You call up Marianne like and she is the one who is able <laughs> to give you the uh, the essential information that um, yeah, not only is this definitely endemic of the uh, esoteric order of Dagon, it seems like some of these runes you're describing are to do with uh, portals, sort of openings between different sort of segments of reality that as far as she can tell based on your description if properly performed this ritual might uh open up a great heaping void in existence as we know it and uh, lead you into some sort of parallel plane of existence full of who knows what kind of monsters probably fishy monsters if it's a uh, satiric order or a dagon holding on to it it's a valuable piece of equipment but um Pretty dangerous. I love that you got all this occult information from your fish contact. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, once we get everybody back together, I relay that information to him. Ollie's up in the cabin uh, using his uh, survival skills to try and patch up the skipper. All right. I mean, I think you can you can patch him up with. Uh, with ease, with your very real, legitimate survival skills. Does that mean you tear your shirt into pieces? Oh, right? of course. See, he's he's <laughs> okay. torn the blue shirt into like a nice bandage, a compression on the wound. You know, uh, 
He's he's got a salve he's created from of some of the uh, you know stuff on the boat. Uh, there's some lemon juice. There's some salt. Uh, you know, and he's rubbed he rubbed it into a little bit of Vaseline to try and help with the wound. Yeah, there's literally like a first aid kit behind us with like Neosporin, but no. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say, and then when, once it's all done, I'm gonna stand up and say, "Thanks, little buddy," <laughs> and then I'll go back and finish taking us into port <laughs> for just a second. The the fake accent drops, and you hear, "Sure thing, Skipper." <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, you making yourself, I think I'm rummaging in the first aid kit for the aforementioned Neosporin. Because I still got a nasty deep one bite. Oh yeah, you, you, you find there's plenty of first aid. Uh, incidentally, uh, since we have ended the conflict, those of you who took stress, your stress heals. Hooray. Yay. Uh, your consequences hang on for a little while, but... As we're sort of nearing the end of a one-shot, you don't have to worry too much about it. I did want to point out to uh, Noel, uh, since the since this giant opening in the water is slowly closing, you have a unique ability to see what is going on uh, down in it with your star sight. I was hoping to get that. Yes. I was uh, I was watching it closely because uh, I don't know if it's still a, uh, an immediate danger. Uh it is like it is shrinking enough that the ship is now not on a course for okay. it anymore. Uh but there is still a big hole in the water hard to port. And uh, what uh, it is referring to is my corrupted stunt uh that gives me star sight noel may mark corruption to allow her mind to commune with the stars that gaze upon the earth this allows her to briefly see a bird's eye view of the uh, of any area in the world and give her a plus 4 to investigate when trying to find a particular person or object so i will take that point of corruption yes and i do not have investigation so it basically it's like giving me the skill for at four for a moment. All right. And I roll a plus one. That is blank minus and two pluses uh, for a total of five. All right. Sounds good. I mean, I was just going to make you roll over a two because what you're looking for is whatever is at the bottom of the hole. You kind of know where to aim. Uh <laughs> <laughs> So that would make it a success with style then. So, yeah, you... I feel like how this happens, since this would be your first use of star sight, is you kind of, you know, maybe glancing that hole, wishing that you were able to get a better view of it, and suddenly you feel yourself pulled out of yourself. Uh, and just miles and miles and miles away, looking at the Earth from above, amidst the stars... You zoom in on this uh, big old whirlpool in the ocean, uh, in the Atlantic, closer and closer, and you see what you see down at the bottom is Yonathle. You see at the bottom of this hole the structures of the island that arose when uh, when Dagon came to power that that suddenly appeared from the ocean, from from out of the water 
It is there. It is at the bottom of the ocean, just below the center of this uh, uh, slowly shrinking whirlpool. It is absolutely covered in deep ones. They are swarming in every in every which direction, and poor poor Andy uh, has fallen from a great height because this is way down at the bottom. So he has splattered in the center of this island surrounded by kind of confused deep ones who uh, look at where he landed and look up at the sky above. And uh, from your from your viewpoint far, far out in space, somehow you can even see some of them look at you with anger, as if they can sense you looking at them. Okay, I think it's time to take a, a chance here because... I've been stacking these uh, these uh, invokes on weapons and so forth. <laughs> oh boy! Okay. I'm going to try to boost this to the the, the biggest explosion I can manage. Uh, well, first I guess I have to uh, to fire, <laughs> but. I mean, of course, you, in the future, it could turn out to be the action that got their attention and decided them to uh, to invade. But it seems like we have their attention already, so I'm going to take the shot. So I have exactly one fate point left. I have, I think, one invoke on the duffel bag full of weapons. Mm-hmm. And I had to invoke some on the ballista. Else. Oh, I'm bracing the ballista, which is three invokes, and so I I get potentially uh, plus eight with my uh, my fate point. So I, even if I roll crap, I might be able to get something decent. And. What do you think my crafts for this? Because it's the weapons I made. Uh, I'm going to allow this. Oh, come on. <laughs> so effectively, my... your target I'll allow your it. target number is going to be a one. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I want this to succeed. The beat. I do. I do too. If it's poor, we'll have a reason for why they do decide to come up early instead. All right, uh, but like this is. If I'm reading you right, you are trying to shoot an explosive down to the bottom of the ocean. No, I want to shoot all the explosives oh. to down to the bottom <laughs> of that whirlpool. My mistake. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I kind of want to say give me, a, give me a seven. Beat a seven. This is quite a shot to not just have it end up smacking into the water. All right, clear the old dice, and and if I screwed up completely, we could send the ship rocking. <laughs> okay, so for the fate dice, and oh, three minuses. Oh I'm no! I'm going to use that fate point to reroll that. Oh, I should take a screenshot. Uh, that's plus four. On the dice. Okay. I don't remember if I've ever gotten three fours before. Four fours. Okay. So four plus my craft is seven. 
And I always said I had three free invokes to put on this. Is pl uh, plus six for a total of 13. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. Uh, that is... This never happens. A legendary shot. We we pull back from the boat. We see it uh, from a distance as uh, uh, Dr. Schwartz uh, turns that ballista and aims it way, way, way up high, fires an immense sort of ball, uh, just fires a duffel bag full of bombs. <laughs> they arc up, gently, seeming to halt in the sky for a moment before they fall down right in the center of this hole. <laughs> Straight down, no drift, nothing but net. Uh, 20 seconds later, 30 seconds later, you hear, uh, uh an explosion, uh, from, from far below you, very, very muffled. Uh, and there is sort of a wave of air pressure visible among the very last, uh, vestiges of this shrinking hole before it closes up entirely. <laughs> The ship acquires a rooster tail. You, you smashed Yanathlay. <laughs> you feel a, a, a Dr. Noel feels a hand clap on her shoulder. And uh, <laughs> Ollie's like, nice shot, kid. That was one in a million. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And I, I think with, with that spectacular moment... Uh, Something happens. Uh, something happens that feels vaguely familiar to Ollie and Noel, because you have traveled through time before. You get this funny prickling in the back of your head, which you recognize as happening just before you came back to the past. But Skipper and Ashley, this happens to you as well. Mm. Uh, you are about to feel the effects of time itself lashing out at you because you have done something to alter the future. <gasps> you have done something to alter the series of events uh, so much that reality has a hard time reckoning with it. So what I would like every one of you to do, all four of you, is to defend using your will against an eight. Uh, Ollie is going to use his stunt of infinite jest. <laughs> Ollie is bizarrely unflappable. When he uses will to defend, any dice that roll minuses are treated as blanks. Sounds like a good plan. Okay. That's an ideal. Hooray! Uh, I have a plus one. So I okay. have a three total. I have a minus one plus my will of two is a plus one total. Well, I got a minus one. Okay. And uh, surprisingly or not, I'm right beside Ashley with a negative one. So, this is this is an attack. So you uh, are going to take mental stress equal to uh, the eight minus whatever you rolled, or if you are. Skipper and Ashley, you're taking nine stress, uh, which you can either, this is your choice, you can, may either take this stress and absorb it with stress and consequences as normal, or you can be corrupted by the force of time lashing out and take 
a corrupted aspect and a corruption stunt yourself. I like your style. Well, that corruption thing seems like a no-brainer. So, uh, Skipper would would refrain. I'll take the stress. I got enough boxes to to cover it barely, but I can. Okay. Uh, what about you, Ollie and Noel? Are you being further corrupted, or are you taking the uh, taking this mental stress from from backlash as time lashes out at you? Uh, I'm going to take some stress and a consequence. I think. Sounds good, Ollie. Uh, Ollie's going to, I believe Ollie can handle the stress. How how much stress was it again? Uh, what was your roll? It was three? I had three. So that would be five. Uh, so... In mental stress or consequences. I mean, you could take a moderate consequence and one mental stress and you'd be fine. So if I have five stress for physical and I take five stress, do I... Uh, this would be, sorry, mental stress. Oh, mental, okay. All right, yeah, then I will take the mental stress and, uh... One consequence. Cool beans. Uh, so the only one who's getting corrupted is Ashley, and we'll deal with that in a moment. <laughs> God, that's going to be fun. But what happens What happens to cause you to uh, take this uh, uh, consequence is a, a vision being sort of thrust into your head. Uh, what you all see is uh, a television. You all see a television and a news report, sort of this grainy vision of someone watching the news when suddenly an island emerges from the water. Ollie and Noel, you absolutely recognize this. In fact, you're probably, what you're seeing is visions of yourself uh, when you first saw it on the news. And Skipper and Ashley, what you're seeing is visions of where you would have been when it happened. Uh, in the original timeline, uh, as this island rises from the deep, sends crashing waves, destroying a non-trivial chunk of uh, the eastern seaboard, and hundreds of deep ones swarm off the surface uh, and across to the United States. You see it clearly, and then you see it glitch out for a moment. This television screen in your mind gives over to static, Uh, And then when the news comes back, and it happens again, once again, Yanithle rises from the deep, but where before it was covered in structures, strange squat buildings, uh, immense churches with crenellations and frescoes and, you know, non-Euclidean angles, things things like that, where before it looked like a bizarre, twisted city, now it rises like a bizarre and twisted wasteland rubble and rocks and there are a few deep ones some injured some severely wounded but only a handful who are able to leave the island and make their way across uh the water to begin this wave of destruction these Two visions of reality bash in your head for a moment, and suddenly, whoomph, you are back on the boat. Uh, Those of you who took consequences, well, you probably have a splitting headache, or you are dazed, or you take a, a consequence appropriate to what just happened. But Ashley, you are affected differently, and I would like to know, what do you think happens to you? Because you have... 
uh, become corrupted by this backlash. You have become twisted and eldritch in a subtle way, not unlike Dr. Schwartz covered in starlight or Ollie Myers hearing a whispered voice of an imaginary director. Okay. What do you think happens to you? Is there a way that she could get an aspect that has to do with kind of seeing more of the truth behind somebody? Like, are they hiding behind Eldritch, you know, illusions or deceptions? Oh, but behind the veil. Yeah, there we go. Behind the veil. Okay. So, I like that. I like the idea of being able to sort of get an in- intuitive sense for uh, uh, whether someone is hiding behind something. Mm-hmm. How does that, like, manifest in you? Because usually a... Uh, a corrupted aspect involves it could be some sort of mutation like your eyes have suddenly gone pitch black or some other more recognizable uh, uh, factor question so that would be the stunt uh, that would be so yeah when you get corrupted one of your aspects and you'd pick one of your your free aspects that just goes away and gets replaced by this new fact about you. Okay. The fact that, you know, you were whatever uh, whatever your aspects were, that you were quick on the draw, which didn't really come into play in this particular yeah. uh, adventure, that just isn't important to you anymore, because instead what matters is whatever has changed. Okay. Gotcha. I like the idea of, like, maybe her eyes go dark, and, like, you can call yeah. it the dark sight or something, and she just she can see hidden things whether it's uh physical objects or emotions or intentions yeah i like that okay maybe it was maybe it's something that actually runs in your family that skipped you and the corruption is like bringing it out like like a dormant gene or hard like or twice as hard as anyone else in your family like it's or maybe it makes you go blind i don't know i like the idea that the eyes uh, get black and she can kind of see us a silhouette or almost like an aura around the person i i i am fully in support of this so you have you have eyes that are are pitch black uh and looking through them you see kind of colorful auras surrounding those around you that given time uh you will be able to to learn to read and i think if if we were playing a sort of long-term game of fate of cthulhu Mm -hmm. what would be our job now is to sort of figure out okay how does that turn into like a stunt what is the super ability that will come from that is it like you check a market box of corruption and you can know any secret doors or hidden things in your area could be something like that and we could play around with it but for the time being Mm -hmm. uh all we know for sure is that as the other three sort of come back to reality trying to come to terms with this shared vision of a changing future they look at you and you look it back at them with black inhuman eyes <laughs> like a doll's eyes i think that is where we are calling it that you have uh, you have succeeded on your first mission uh and you could take some time to like decompress from it and figure out what you've learned but it seems that Whatever was going on on this particular trip, the Deep Ones were trying to lure boats to Yanathlay for some purpose. And not only have you disrupted this plan of theirs, you blew up Yanathlay. 
Dag, yo. Uh, Dagon is not happy. Excellent. But we know we've not completely succeeded either. There's more work to be done. Right. So in a uh, in an ongoing game of Fate of Cthulhu, my job now would be to uh, sort of track the changes that you have made to the timeline. Because whenever you do something that benefits the resistance, uh, you gain some, some points. Whenever you do something that benefits Dagon, he gains some points. Uh, and those add up and causes things to change, uh, making the subsequent events that you would be dealing with uh, perhaps a little easier for you, uh, or perhaps a little harder if you have, uh, um, you know, given in to corruption. Very, very cool. Well, Ed, thank you so much for for joining us and running the game. Uh, we're going to run the horn, let everybody kind of sign off, give all their socials and any, any projects they want to plug, and we can also talk a little bit more specifically about where people can find the game when we get back to you. Uh, but we'll start with Chris. Everybody, Chris, let everybody know who you are and where they can find you. Uh, I'm Chris Berlew, uh, GM for the Redemption Podcast. Uh, easiest place to find me is on Twitter. It's Berlew underscore Chris. All right. Thank you, sir. And then Sophie. Oh, you're going to hate my Twitter uh, email uh, account. It's uh, michant.animon. Because <laughs> so, if you haven't figured it out from the accent, I'm French-Canadian, so we have a whole different language. And I uh, right now, the, the thing I'm most excited about in, uh, in Evil Hat events is the fact that this week we were just we just received a, a nomination for the the recently created Nebula uh, uh, pr- award category uh, for games. It's only the second one that, uh, to be awarded. Last year was uh, given, I believe, to Bandersnatch uh, from Black Mirror. Okay. Uh, so just being nominated is an enormous award uh, award in itself, right? Uh, I I think when I think Nebula, I think. You know, some of the big names of science fiction. So it's very exciting. And it was for Elsa Sunyusen Henry's, uh, she's the creative director and the primary writer for the Fate Accessibility Toolkit. So right now, until uh, May, I'm going to, uh, to be, uh, you know, gnawing at my fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very cool and uh for anyone listening i will put uh in the show notes there'll be links to everyone's twitter so if you didn't catch that you'll be able to click on it and make sure you follow sophie for all she does and more all right and michael uh thank you uh michael i am loser mlw on most social media out there uh it's a there's a long story behind that but i fully embrace it uh so loser mlw twitter instagram uh you can find me as well on the redemption podcast redemptionpodcast.com it is a star wars actual play podcast where we use the edge of the empire uh the final fantasy or excuse me i always do this every time fantasy flight games role-playing system uh to play a campaign that's occurring in the clone wars um it's a lot of fun. We've been doing that for a long time and you can find me around scattered other places. I like to pop in or I'm a part of one shots here and there. I really enjoy the process of role playing and voice acting. So uh, yeah, you can just find me anywhere. You can find me if I'm doing something, it's on my Twitter. Very cool. And as for myself, again, Michael here at the RPG Academy, everything I do can be found at the RPG Academy. I'm most active on Twitter. And then Ed, if you want to, again, give all your information and then let people know where they could get a hold of this game right now if they want to go play it. Uh, yes. Hi, I'm Ed Turner. Uh, I uh, write a bunch of games, including parts of this one. 
Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Edly T, E-D-D-L-Y-T, uh, where I talk about various games I'm doing and writing and running and enjoying. Uh, and Fate of Cthulhu, uh, you can find it, you know, wherever your, your finest, uh, role-playing games are, are served. Uh, I recommend visiting evilhat.com as a, as a first choice. Uh, or just type Fate of Cthulhu into, you know your favorite search engine and just buy whatever whatever it sends to you. <laughs> uh real if you don't mind Michael, I'd like to say thank you uh, myself just for Ed and Sophie for running for us and and for Sophie for playing along. This is uh, uh again not having some not playing fate myself very much. This was a lot of fun. Fate was really easy to pick back up uh as soon as we started talking about it I started remembering our old game and the setting was was great. Uh it was a, a good rollicking little one shot and uh and thank you to both of you for running it for us well thank you very much yeah, absolutely a uh, second third and fourth that uh <laughs> if everyone fifth. could go ahead and hit oh, wait, stop wait, on can't your stop recording yet. you forgot what's the most important thing oh, you always what? forget every time just remember if you're having fun you're doing tom it right. will be happy i got you i know <laughs> yeah thank you tom will be very happy Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.